1: Hey everyone, welcome to Group Text. Okay, reality peeps, know you all love reality shows, so guess who I have today? From Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, Lisa Barlow, whose take-no-prisoner attitude has amassed like a legion of fans. She is not only a successful businesswoman and a top-tier marketing executive, she's also a loving wife and devoted Marlow. Hi, Lisa
0: Hi, Melissa. Thanks for having me today.
1: Thank you. This has been a long time coming. We've been trying to get you on the show for a while.
0: I know Lynn literally was with me this morning and she's like, oh, my gosh, I'm fine. I'm so glad you two finally get together.
1: It's so great. So I'm just going to jump right in about some interesting things or that were interesting to me. You're a native New Yorker whose family became Mormon (laughs) after literally like someone knocked on the door.
0: Yeah. Literally the Mormon missionaries knocked on our door and you have to realize they're like two boys. Right. And my mom and dad have five girls and one boy. And you wait, and you
1: were in Albany.
0: Yes. Yes. So we're like upstate New York, there's no Mormons. And my mom's always really been very spiritual. So when they knocked on the door, she's like, come on in. I love this. And, you know, you go through all of these discussions. So they're teaching you about the faith, the love of Jesus Christ and um, God. And my mom's like, I'm in. And for my dad, I think he was like, this is crazy. I want nothing to do with it. But we ended up becoming Mormon.
1: And the whole family. I mean, how old were you?
0: Um, So we, when the missionaries first started coming to my house, we were all little, but it took like a long time before my family was like, okay, this is like what we're all going to do. I think For my dad, he's very active. He actually just finished an LDS mission. For him, it was like kind of like, I don't want this. I don't need this. It was more my mom driving it. My dad was pretty much like agnostic. So it was like a major change. But we're all LDS and we all live it very differently. Even my parents.
1: (laughs) Um, You moved west. What brought you there? Because I know you went to BYU for a year. Yes.
0: Yes. So we moved we went out to um I moved out to Utah and it was pretty much like I was like this would be a great place for me to go and meet like kids my own age that are of the same faith because really in New York there was no one. No. Like I don't even think people knew what it was. They're like this is weird. Um there was one boy in my high school that used to drive me to early morning seminary um named Joe And like he was the only other kid that was LDS, but there wasn't really like a community. So it was kind of like a cool place to go. I loved um, a lot of my experiences at BYU, too. It was a good
1: change for me. But it had to be a culture shock coming from New York.
0: It was a major culture shock. I think the hardest thing was, um, you know, being a brunette and tan. It was like so <laughs> weird. To them. Everyone asking me like, "What are you?" Everyone was blonde. It's changing a lot, but I swear everybody had blonde hair, blue eyes, tall. Like, so I'm like five six. I felt tall for New York. Like, I'm like, I'm I'm great for New York. But out there, it was like all my friends were like five ten. It was like, where did these people come from? They're all
1: Scandinavian. Yeah, like, and you yes. still have a little bit of a New York accent. Yes.
0: I, you know, what's so crazy when I was at BYU, this boy who I had the biggest crush on was like, I thought you were pretty until you opened your mouth. And then I was like, oh, okay. Thank like, you. Yeah, I know. Thank you very much. But, <laughs> but then- it was hard. Like, even when my mom would come to visit, you know, in New York, if think- people think you look good, they sh- shout it out to you on the street, like looking good. You look pretty. Where you get used to that. My mom's like, nobody here thinks you're pretty. Nobody here likes you. <laughs> like It was kind of funny.
1: <laughs> Thanks, mom. Yeah. <laughs> but you went back to New York and actually finished school in New York.
0: Yeah. So I went to SUNY Albany in New York. I loved my experience there. Um, it's a beautiful campus. I actually went back to Christmases ago to like check it out. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, it looks the exact same. It hasn't changed.
1: So what brought you back to Salt Lake?
0: You know, I, ha- I was dating a guy and on paper, we looked amazing. Like you would think like, this is going to be like the perfect couple. Like on paper, it was like perfect, but I literally woke up one day and I told my mom, I'm like, if I stay here and marry him, I'll probably be drunk by noon and miserable. Like in a few years, it was just, it didn't feel right. I'm I'm sure he's happy and married to somebody else, but we were engaged. And the easiest thing for me to do at the time was just bounce. So I was like, I'm moving back to Utah. I had so many great friends there. So it was like easy for me to just like move back there and like, you know, start a new life out there. I FedEx the ring back. It was, it was horrible. It was you mean. FedEx but... the ring. <laughs> yeah. How very and that was FedEx wasn't as stable either, like where you knew it was gonna get back. But um my mom literally, I'm like, let's pack my car. She drove cross country with me. And, like, my car was packed full of stuff. And she's like, are you sure you want to do this? And I'm like, I need to do this. And and I'm glad I did. To this day, it's, like, the best thing I ever did.
1: I say FedEx in the ring back, how very Meghan Markle of you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, you, you describe yourself, and it's fascinating watching the show, as Mormon 2.0. Explain yes. what that is. Because there's still a lot of people – I mean, I grew up with a friend who was Mormon and it was, she couldn't drink Coke. She couldn't do this. She couldn't do that. And I've seen you knock back a Diet Coke or two. (laughs) Or
0: 10. (laughs) Or 12.
1: I'm being nice in the large, you know, big gulp size.
0: Um, You know, for me being Mormon 2.0 is basically like being non-Orthodox. And, you know, when you'll see the season, like, I want to reconnect. I feel very centered and very me when I have a great relationship with God. And I think for me being Mormon 2.0, Seth Marks actually created that name. That didn't come from me. Seth Marks is like, you're like Mormon 2.0. But it's basically like saying I'm non-Orthodox and, you know, being a convert to the church with our family converting, I just feel like I didn't ever need to check all the boxes. I think religion's a choice And God gave me my own fingerprints because he wants me to be me and live something the way I want to live it. And I think as long as you're focused on God and being a good person, um, it really doesn't even matter what religion you are. But for me, I'm just like, I love the Mormon faith. The LDS faith is so beautiful. I love the respect it has for all religions. Um, A lot of people don't know this, but like I'm Jewish by heritage. Um, I've never been religiously Jewish, but I love the culture. in in Jewish faith is beautiful. And Brigham Young actually has a facility in Israel. So there's BYU um, in Israel too. And I think that for me, it's just doing things my own way and a way that feels good for me. And I know it was like triggering for a lot of people at first, because they're like, how can you be LDS and own alcohol brands? How can you be LDS and drink your alcohol? And I just think I'm like, I think we can all do things our own way and find a way to Like, as long as you feel at peace with your decisions, I think that's when you know you're on the right path and doing things the right way. My mom did freak out when I told her that we were like going to start an alcohol brand. She's like, I didn't raise you like this, but they're very supportive and like appreciate that I'm just myself.
1: Yeah, because at the end of season two, you kind of had a little, (laughs) a a crisis of faith. Yeah. And you had this sort of, epiphany that you needed to recenter and we only get to see portions of what mm-hmm. goes on what was that moment like what was the final straw that moved you to that moment to say i need to recenter and reevaluate
0: um thanks for asking that question i for me it was like i wasn't feeling like myself like i i'm trying to be patient and like um you know, kind of make my way through these different relationships I have with these different girls. And I was telling my husband, I'm like, I don't feel like me. Like I normally wouldn't put up with certain things. I'd be more vocal in this situation. And I wasn't really feeling like myself. And I'm like, what has changed? And literally, like I was talking to my husband and I was like, it's not having that strong relationship with God. Like I'm a very spiritual person, but like every relationship you have to work at it. It's not just there, you can't take it for granted. And for me, I was like, if I recenter myself and focus on the things that are important, God first, my family, then everything else, it tends to have a better outcome for me. And I just think that like, I was putting up with things and feeling emotions that I, that were kind of newer that I wouldn't normally take or have. And I'm like, this is important for me. That's what I'm missing. And I really remembered this time I was living in Chicago and I didn't know anybody. And the one place I could go where I had an instant friend group was church. And I always felt so strong with that feeling of knowing like I wasn't alone. There's more people out there that love me and care about me in a community. And I think just focusing on that was really like good for me.
1: This episode is sponsored by Via Hemp. Ah, yes, summer. Longer days, warmer nights, and the incessant chirping of crickets, reminding you that sleep is a precious commodity. Whether you need to set the mood in the bedroom or just unwind after a day battling the sun, Vaya has your back. Enter their rest and recovery gummies, a magical concoction of passion flower, L-theanine, and cannaboys designed to lull you into a state of blissful tranquility. With options for both the THC-tolerant and the THC-shy, VIA ensures you'll find your perfect dosage for achieving peak comfort. VIA isn't just about taming the sleep monsters. They've got a whole array of gummies to cater to every whim and fancy with or without THC. And... They'll discreetly ship their goodies straight to your doorstep, no matter which of the 50 states you call home. Just sit back, relax, and let VIA work its magic. So, if you're 21 plus, you can get 15% off a free pack of award winning gummies with our exclusive code. Head to viahemp.com and use the code GroupText to receive 15% off and one free sample of their award winning gummies. That's viahemp.com. V I I A dot com. So I have tried their Zen gummies and I got to tell you, they are amazing. I live in a very sort of continual stressed out state from work to being a mom to, well, just life in general. And the Zen gummies have been amazing for me. Head to viahemp.com and use the code GroupTex to receive fifteen percent off and one free sample of their award-winning gummies. Twenty-one plus. That's viahemp.com. V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P pcom And use the code Group Text at checkout enhance your everyday with ViaHemp. You, you know, you've been very open about that. You've got sort of your own, and I'm not saying this disrespectfully, holy trinity which is yes. God, your family, and uh, your God. i got this written down. Let me make sure I've got it right. Your husband or your family, God, and your business. Yes. Being a business person, <laughs> I love that you're like, that's just as important. You have created some really crazy successful brands. So you In- had to know what you were getting into when you walked into the Real Housewives franchise. I did. I, yeah. What did you, had you taken leave of your senses or you said, fine, I'm here for complete and open consumption by the world.
0: You know, I've always been a really open person and, you know, my dad would always say, if you ask Lisa a question about herself, she's going to give you the answer. So I think for me, I think I had an idea of what I was walking into. Um, and I think, you know, just based on like, working in entertainment and doing the things I do with Sundance, with the different networks I work with and um, different relationships and entertainment. I had, I had one idea of what it was going to be like. And the one thing I'm used to in the businesses John and I own is that we're the boss and we like, you know, we have control. And when you sign up for a reality TV show, you have zero control, like none. And you just have to like, say I'm being me. And like literally let somebody else decide what that looks like. So that was hard.
1: How'd you sell it to the family, especially with a teenage son?
0: Oh my gosh. So, you know, I remember John and I were like, we walk every day. So we were walking around our neighborhood and I was like, what do you think about this? And he, John's very private. Like John's on TV because he's supporting me. John's not looking for camera time at all. And so I think for him, he's like, that's like a complete loss of privacy. Um, And then I'm like, well, I think it could be great for us too, like having a marketing and business background. I'm like, I think this is great for our brands. I think it's like a different platform um, to showcase what we do. And hopefully my hope was always to inspire other women, because I have a lot of women that asked me pre housewives, like, how are you doing so much? And, you know, just because something looks easy, Melissa, you get this. It's not. It's a lot of work and hard and a lot of sacrifice. So I think for me, it was like my whole thought going into this is so many moms that are afraid to start something and like juggling, you know, family, kids, husband, business. Like, I hope it inspires them to want to do this because I'm a champion for girls. I have four sisters, so I'm a champion for girls and women. And I was like, I hope that somebody else sees me and is like, I can do what Lisa's doing.
1: God, I always do have those moments when I'm watching where I feel really bad for John because he's got three sister-in-laws, sisters-in-law, and you guys are always on the phone. Um, It's just like, oh, dear God, not another. I can't imagine. I hope you have unlimited minutes and text. Um, Something that's interesting to me that going on in the show is you're having a little conflict with your son about going to college.
0: I ended up crying that day. Like he had me so frustrated.
1: And he's reacting like a teenage boy and basically grunting and, (laughs) you know, monosyllabic answers and being a boy mom, we know how that goes sometimes. Yep. Um, Don't you just want to be like, dude, I know you have your own business, but let me explain how this is going to work to you for you. You're going to go to college. I mean, you have not that we've seen yet drop the hammer and neither has John. Yeah.
0: You know what? He went, we have some friends that are wildly successful, like sold companies in the billions twice over. And my best friend and her husband actually are so gracious with our family. And it's like my best friend, since I was 17, Jack was at their house and they're so charismatic and so cool. And he went to college, but he only went for a year and then was like, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I know what I need to be doing. And he's been wildly successful. And we all know that's the 1%, right. like 1% of people that happens to. So, you know, Jack came home and he's like, I'm not going to college. And I'm like, okay, that's going to change. Like you just had this, like Todd's inspiring. And I'm like, you're totally inspired by him right now. And I get it. Cause I, everybody's enamored by him. He has created amazing things. yeah, And, um, Jack was like, I'm not going. And so I thought he was going to change. I thought his mind was going to change. His friends are all applying for early um, acceptance. So I'm like, okay, Jack's going to change. And it didn't happen. And when, you know, like I said, when you make things look so easy, sometimes people think they are, including our children. So I'm like thinking to myself, like, I can't believe he's giving me such a hard time about this. I mean, he had me in tears that day. He later apologized, but it's like, you know, the one word answers, emphatic, emphatic, they think they know everything. He thinks he's going to end up having a billion-dollar business, and he might, you know. But it's going to take a lot more work than what a high school kid can do right now. So it was f- frustrating for me, like so frustrating. And even like, um, you'll have to see what happens yeah. with that. But but it's it's crazy because I never thought we would be having the conversation. Like, I'm not going to go. Right. Well, I thought it was gonna be where am I going to go?
1: Your Jewish mother DNA sprung into action and you did everything but clutch your chest and tip over.
0: Yeah, I literally, it was, it was rough. And you know, there's so many benefits other than education too. I'm like your network. This is how we have the network. This is how we, you know, know the people we know because we went to school together. We we became great friends with them and then we've all supported each other. So I was like, I can't even believe we're having this conversation, but yeah, you want to force them to do things. But then I'm like, is he going to rebel the other way? It's hard. You get it. Any mom gets this. Yeah.
1: Um, one of the things, I mean, I I know my friends and I communicate, but the constant talking about feelings on the show has to be exhausting. Exhausting. Especially, you know, with everything that's, you know, for all the bickering and fighting that happens on the show, you guys are really a tight-knit group. How is everyone coping with I mean, because you get very emotional about it with what's happening with Jen.
0: You know, I think with Jen, I've always considered her legal issues extraneous from our friendship. And I think with Jen, you just feel all the emotions as she's going through them. For me, um, you know, what sucked me into being Jen's friend is like when we were in Vegas season one and I'm really hearing like what hurts her um, what she's going through, and I immediately like was like, I want to help her, and I want to be a good friend to her. So, I mean, it's hard watching someone you care about go through something horrible. I mean, this is life changing. She, you know, is going to be away from her family for a very long time, and you know, I can't even fathom what they're all going through and just the unknown of everything.
1: So now, let's take a completely shallow pivot because you know that's my happy <laughs> place. Let's talk fashion. Okay. You are a (laughs) self-proclaimed Fendi girl. I love Fendi. How excited are you for the return of the baguette?
0: Oh, you know what? I can't even believe it ever went away, but I am so glad it's back. And the fact that they brought back leg warmers in a way that nobody else has done them. I'm like, like literally I could not be more excited. Their fashion show during Fashion Week, the first Fendi show ever was insane. So I wanted everything.
1: So what other designers, though, do you love? Because the clothes on this show, I mean, I I, <laughs> I was drooling. What other designers do you like? I'm a
0: Saint Laurent girl. I love Fendi, Saint Laurent. Um, I really love custom pieces like the fur I'm wearing today. There's a furrier in Park City called Sitka Fur Gallery. We used to have a restaurant right across the street from them. Their furs are so amazing, but I—if you were to look at just top tier designers, Saint Laurent, Givenchy, right now. Saint Laurent, I'm always into. Givenchy right now is so good—the color palette, the fit, everything about it. But I tend to just go Fendi, Saint Laurent, and Givenchy is really big too. Every girl loves Chanel too. I love Chanel. I want to but kind of- not as much the clothes, like the
1: bags. Yeah. I want to come shop your closet. Were you always into fashion?
0: Always into fashion. My mom has the best style. She's very classic. And I think every Friday she would take us to the mall and just have us like pick out new fits and new looks. And I think her eye was so good. And just having my mom dress so beautifully my whole life, I think she just has her own unique style. And I think me and all four of my sisters have such different styles. Um but we all love fashion. Every single one of us like loves clothes, bags, accessories, jewelry, all of us. Like but I think it's innate. Like Iris Apfel said it best. Um anyone can ha- pick out great pieces and wear fashion. It takes someone innately to have good style.
1: Even as and, a little kid and as a teenager, did you have a unique style? Did 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 you I think so. <laughs> did you dr- did you dress your friends?
0: You know what? I didn't dress my friends because I'm such a Sagittarius. I'm always like, let people be who they are. But for me, I think the thing that I loved is finding unique things for myself. And you know, being one of six kids, my parents were really young. My dad ended his career being extremely successful, but when we were younger, my dad was building everything. And what was hard is like we had to dress really cool, um, but we didn't have as big a budget. So, my mom would take us to like Bloomingdale's or Um, Jordan Marsh. And I would like find like the cool pieces that were like, that I felt were super unique that no other kid would have. Like when Genera was out, I had the like bright pink and lime green zip up hoodies with the leather. And I would find the perfect skirt, but I could see the outfit in my head before we would even go to the mall. Like I would just dream it. Like I had these one candy satin, like Converse, like sneaker that laced up the back and the front in hot pink and blue. But I was always looking for the unique piece. And I still do that today. Like always, I'm always looking for something unique.
1: What are you coveting right now?
0: Oh, um, you know, I think I've got everything I've coveted, but it was mostly the Fendi stuff, the bank, the baguette bags. Did I just say that right? Baguette, baguette, baguette. like the baguette, baguette, baguette. I almost said banquette and I'm like, no, that's not right. The no, baguette, baguette is
1: in a restaurant.
0: Where my mind always is food. But, um, you know, the baguette bag comes in so many different colors. The Tiffany blue one is what I literally not leaving New York without.
1: Is it even out
0: yet? Um, Ross at Fendi in New York, like on the um, flagship store has it
1: at the flagship store in New York.
0: At the flagship store in New York. I'm writing this down
1: right now.
0: And it's the Tiffany blue
1: with the silver. chain. Oh, I've, I've seen it.
0: I think it's the prettiest bag out for this season. And I got the clogs, the leg warmers, the socks, the hats, all of it. Like it's so good. But I think that bag is probably the one bag that if I don't have it, I'll obsess about it 10 years from now. I'll be like, why didn't I buy that
1: bag? So before I let you go, I had a whole lightning round quiz about, about food and all that, but this is, was my burning question. Cause I binged watch, I binge watched season three last night okay. all the way to the current one. Okay. I have to ask. I have never seen that much cleavage other than in like the Dolly Parton museum. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. Are you thinking about your lingerie party? No, I'm talking about all oh. of you in everything have cleavage. I think the only time I didn't see cleavage was when you were wearing the pajamas at the lingerie party. And I was the one in pajamas. Yeah. I mean, it how give 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 my listeners a tip. How do you keep them How do you guys keep them up and in in those dresses cuz that is more than fashion tape. I'm okay. sorry. <laughs>
0: You know what Utah is known for? Boob jobs. Really? Like, I, yes. It's like a rite of passage when girls turn 18, that's the first thing they get is an augmentation. And you know what's funny is I do sundance and um we always rent like private homes. And my neighbor in Utah in Salt Lake owns the most fabulous house in Park City up in Deer Valley. And we were walking through it, and the head of this network, I can't name them, was like we rented the house and did this amazing party there. And he's like, whose house is this? And I'm like, this is the house that boobs built. It's literally, <laughs> like insane. But I'm like, he is the number one boob job doctor in the country. And this is his home. And it's exquisite. And um, but everybody has an augmentation.
1: It's crazy. So what what can you <laughs> tell us? What can you give us a sneak peek of what's coming?
0: What's coming? So, you know, I think that you're starting to see a lot of relationships Are shifting. And I think that's becoming because as we get to know each other better in this setting, we're starting to realize who we have more in common with, who we have less in common with. And people's true colors start to come out. You start to see who people really are. And I think on TV, you can hide it for only so long. And then they're like, the camera doesn't lie, the camera shows everything. And you start to see like who people really are. It's not what they say they are, it's not who they say they are, it's like who they really are. So I think, you know, that's a big piece of the puzzle. And I i think everybody wants to know how Heather Gay got her black eye. So I'm dying to find out how she got the black eye.
1: Lisa Barlow, I am so excited we finally connected. Thank no, you so too. much.
0: Thanks for having me, Melissa. Ahuda Media Production.